welcome back to another episode of the Non-Essential Workers Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. And I'm Jason. And this week we are going to be tossing over to Jason to start us off with the news section. What you got for us, buddy? All right, I got, I got some bangers that I've been saving up. I've been I've been loading them in the cannon for a couple days. Okay, so my favorite one that we're going to start with is this from the Associated Press, who typically don't fuck around like this. Proud Boys leader who burned BLM flag gets five months in jail. Huh. Yeah, that's that's unusual. And here's what this scumbag looks like. Oh, it's this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I uh, yeah. I, I think he actually shows up in uh, the Borat sequel. When when he like goes undercover to find out the COVID conspiracy psychos, I think that guy's yeah. actually there. I'm pretty sure you're right. I. All right. So what do you guys just, think? Well, first, I just want to quickly describe for the listeners. So he's wearing uh, like a tack vest. He has a cap on that says the war boys. He's smoking a cigarette. He's got aviators. And right almost out of the frame, he's also holding a, a white claw. Which I think He's got a white claw in a magazine pouch on his uh uh bulletproof vest. It's a very apt metaphor for what Proud He's got a nice a bunch of bracelets. It should also be mentioned he looks like uh you know Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. That should also be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's obviously white, but he's been outside so much protesting and at rallies that he no longer resembles what he thinks he's protecting. I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure he's white, but that's a whole other question. I, whatever. He's, I mean, he's, no, he's Hispanic, but it, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. The point is, why do you think I chose this article, especially the way it's phrased, the headline? Well, I mean, the the most obvious thing that jumps out to me is that they're they're framing it in a way that sounds like the flag burning was the cause of the jail, which is almost certainly not the case. Uh, it's almost certainly that he got <laughs> exactly. you know jail time for a completely unrelated crime, and it's framing it this way to make it seem as though well, know. not unrelated. As it turns out, uh, he's getting the five months not for just burning a BLM flag, but because he stole the BLM flag off of a historically black church. And brought two loaded uh, assault rifles with him when he did this. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an armed burglary. So it's yeah. for theft and destruction <laughs> yeah. of property. Yeah, yeah. Not for just ex- exercising. Because this is what the article, even which this is the thing that blows my mind. Associated Press is supposed to be like, we don't have opinions. We just print words. But this is framing it as if like his constitutional rights are being violated. And oh, the, oh today's so woke you can't even burn a BLM flag, but you can burn the American flag and no one shits bricks. It's like, uh, turns out you can't steal other people's property while armed. This, this is what the left wants. They want, they don't want liberty-loving Americans to be able to walk into anyone's home or private property with a bazooka and eight revolvers strapped on a bandolier around their waist, and take, <laughs> like it's it, like you're Neo. Yeah, <laughs> like you're in the lobby scene. And take your microwave. That's the future leftists want. And it's terrifying if you ask me. And destroy your microwave in protest. Yeah. <laughs> Does this guy think he's like Nelson Mandela going to prison for like he's he's basically like lighting a dog turd on fire and burning it outside someone's house? And he's like, I'm proud. I've done it. Eat shit, liberal. Like this is so pathetic. As as crimes go, like, this is what this is what their their leader of their movement is doing. 
And and you know what the reality is? In the courtroom, he's like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. I profusely made a serious mistake. Oh my god. Because he is what everyone thinks he is. A giant pussy. <laughs> this is the this is like the I don't know, like the Proud Boys are especially ironic, but basically all modern day conservatives wish they were tough, but they know that they've been party or party to creating a world in which nobody is tough. Like we're all weak, sniveling idiots. So them trying to project their toughness is entirely a facade, and most of them are not even convinced that it's real. So when you see them in court, like all the people who got arrested for January 6th, they all get in court and they're like, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. I have my IQ is 75. Please don't throw me in jail. They're yeah. all such sniveling losers. When any actual exercise of power comes out or is necessary, when there's actual any consequences, they immediately shrivel up and go, go, you know, fetal position. And it's amazing. Yeah, they immediately do. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Like they do that sketch. Yeah, it's because however much they they shout about you know the encroaching wave of leftism, you know they 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 very well know that every authority in the United States and especially the police who are most often directly involved with these kind of displays are entirely on their side. And so when they're in a relatively we hope impartial court, it's like the first time they have to face the fact that when their behavior is actually examined in any kind of semblance of fairness, it, it's absolute bullshit. And they, they cannot handle that. Well, they, they like cosplaying as if they're activists who have to face police brutality because it's fun and it makes them feel big and like manly. But the reality is because the police are on their side, the whole thing's a farce. Yeah. Like as, exactly as you said. Well, exactly. That's the other funny thing is that when any protester, no matter what, they need to be protesting against some form of power. Otherwise, they just look like psycho white supremacists in charge. So the left wing ha obviously has a lot of power structures that they can protest against. The, you know, it's pretty easy to, to protest against police. They are the violent state authority that hurts people. But for the right wing, it's like, how, who am I punching up at? And so for them, it's not the police who actually do most of the on the ground level damage. It's the state. The state as this abstract apparatus. They're fighting against the deep state. They're fighting against the court system. They're fighting against Washington. Like Their fights are so abstract compared to what real people face who are suffering. And I just find it funny that in the courtroom where he's supposed to be like, here's my fucking treaty of, I'm a, what's the, like, I'm a sovereign citizen thing. He just immediately folds. Just drops his hand. He's got like the two. He's just, they have... The, all they're projecting of, we fight the power as well, is is a total paper tiger. Yeah, it just becomes... Total house of cards. It, it was just a prank, bro, immediately. Yeah, it, 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 it's always fun when people who have basically no real problems try to, like, compete in the oppression Olympics and be like, I'm persecuted because I did a crime against people who are actually persecuted and the police were helping me. It's, it's, just, it, it's, it's really sad. Like, I almost want them to, like, spend a month being really persecuted so that they can have some sort of perspective. Because I feel like half of these people are just like, they want to be political radicals, but they don't really have a good cause. They, they want to feel like they're important. Their life doesn't really have any meaning. It's just like, uh, you know, I have grievances. I got problems. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, often. And, and I, I don't know about often. But instead but, um, of using that to um, un unite and align with other people with similar interests, 
They use that to say, I have grievances, but they're not yours. They're the right. opposite. So fuck right. you for your grievances, but why are you not accepting of my grievances? Right, because they, they feel that, that something is wrong, that, that they are being wronged in some way, but before they can possibly even work it out for themselves, they're just pointed like a loading, loaded gun by the, the media or by their community or, or whatever influences them. Yeah, at, at the first thing that, that, that they're told is the reason for their problems, even if it's completely disconnected, which is usually, you know, people of color or, you know, leftists or liberals, whatever. Well, speaking of being right, you know who else is right? <laughs> Mitt Romney, apparently. This is from The Hill. Mitt Romney was right. Too many Americans are dependent on government. Thought. Oh, so he's a he's an anarchist now? <laughs> that's that's I mean, that's progressive. Well, at least he's recognizing that the tyranny of state violence is unacceptable. And that, you know, really, at the end of the day, we're all beholden to coercive power, not because there's any sort of justice in the state. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is almost certainly about unemployment benefits or something of that sort. Um, about it's how that. Even more, it's even more obscure. Really? And it makes him look like even more of a hypocrite. Yeah. Uh, Why was he pilloried in 2012? And not just for the binders full of women. Because he's like the fakest man on earth? Because he was like manufactured in like an ooze tube to be the most <laughs> bland, uninteresting, unoffensive yeah. Republican possible? Okay, he's why were the wonks upset with troll shitting on him in 2012? I mean, a lot of people are talking about him being Mormon. But I don't know if that's the thing you mean. All right, it, this is too obscure. Uh, when he yeah, was running, apparently. he had some comment about like 47% of Americans pay no income tax, and that's right. bullshit. And now, because of COVID, so many people lost a lot of income that way even fewer people are now paying income tax, and he's upset about it. Wait, so he's a pro-tax Republican? What the fuck is he talking about? I thought the whole thing is they don't like taxes. The... Isn't that good? If you're the correct person, Alex, you don't have to pay taxes. So, but if you're poor, you don't get to tell the government, hey, I'm sorry, I lost my job because COVID and I'm poor. I, I can't pay taxes this year. Okay, so so he, his problem is with unemployment. It's just the fact that it has been classified as distinct from income. And so, yeah, it doesn't have to be taxed. That's, yeah. Gr great job, Mitt Romney. I'm, it's even more nonsensical. and makes I'm, him I'm, look like even more of a asshole. It's so, yeah, it's such a weird, like, uh, almost like it's a weird sadistic, uh, technocrat take on things that still is completely misguided from any kind of actual, uh, fact towards what would, like, I, I really wonder, I mean, because this is the thing, even when, let's say, so let's say, uh, that people with, with, um, extremely high income should be taxed more consistently, you know, we, we all, I've read about how, how the IRS can't handle uh, people who make tons of money. It's too complicated. They can throw up too many legal uh, blocks and such. Even even if that's legitimate, they always, like even when they just grasp at an idea that has the seeds of being that could be applied well, they just like their sense of of inherent uh, sadism, like like the fact that like people especially lower class people cannot get away with anything in their eyes 
because they are always trying to get away with things. No, they're not struggling. They're not just trying to make enough money, get enough money in their pockets so they can literally live. No, it's because they're they're hoarding all of this ratty cash away in underneath their mattresses, slowly building a, a fortune that is dragging American capitalism down the drain. Or so they seem to, to like to pretend. It's Yeah, I mean it's a it's a de facto caste system. Rich people or people who are aspiring to be rich who are the correct kind of person are seen as grinding and, oh, they're rugged and they're working hard and they're doing it. Whereas people who don't deserve money, according to these people, are criminals. They're doing it illegally. They're doing it unfair. They're, getting, they're skirting around the laws. They're, they're breaking rules, but not in a cool way. And so it's just, are you, are you allowed to or not? Are you the correct person or not? And according to Mitt Romney, the correct people were not paying taxes in 2012 and the incorrect people are not paying taxes in 2020. It's, it's once again, it's a Republican way of thinking that, I mean, Mitt Romney is just kind of generic Republican man, number 32, but like this entire premise starts from let's let a right wing assertion, like version of government, which already fails people and a totally unchecked version of capitalism, which by definition is supposed to fail people. Um, let that grind everyone down, let them have less and less, let them become more and more impoverished, let them become more and more desperate. And then when they become dependent on social services, to whatever degree they even exist, because of that impoverishment, then you get angry at the government for keeping them alive. It's like, well, yeah, to catch if, you, if you actually gave a shit about keeping people off of government entitlements, then you wouldn't endorse systems that immiserate people and force them onto entitlements. They, they wouldn't need them if the system was not totally brutalizing them and exploiting them in the very beginning. It's like, it, it would be like the COVID equivalent would have been like, you know, there's too many people dependent on ventilators. It's like, well, yeah, that's true, but they're only there because you didn't get them vaccinated. Or tell them to wear masks or make them treat the thing seriously. When you when you push an insane right-wing ideology that destroys humanity, you can't then complain like there's too many people lying around in makeshift camps to protect the survivors. Like, no, stop destroying humanity. Then you don't need to do anything like that. It, it's, it's an absurd denial of their own culpability in creating these conditions. My favorite thing about this, though is i don't think mitt romney actually came out and said anything in particular like new it's just this is well understood about the republican ideology but is that mitt romney got so much love during covid and during the election because mitt romney's like yes covid exists and yes biden won the election and people were just fawning over him now this is a true republican he's standing up to trump look at him they're inching away but this is the same people who as alex just said did have designed systems to immiserate you and these are the people that, uh, from a high end, are getting praised by all the elites in Washington. Like, oh, look, he's, he's standing up to Big Orange Man. These same people who are, oh, the, look, he's being honest, um, are just as evil. Just as evil. And the things they love, which is basically just giving huge tax breaks and benefits to huge corporations, are the chief contributors to the very thing he's criticizing. Like, Walmart and McDonald's are huge companies that employ huge numbers of people. And their employees are way disproportionately beneficiaries of Medicaid and food stamps, right? Like, because they've created these people working for starvation wages, which almost by definition means that they need to get food stamps. They create people who don't have reliable health insurance because they keep them in precarity and in these not quite enough to get employer health care. So they have to go on Medicaid by creating a totally unstable system of capital in which everyone is totally crushed if they're not in like the upper tiny, you know, quartile or whatever it is of, of earners then of course these systems become de they become dependent on these systems because if they weren't on these systems then they would just die 
Yeah, but Alex, speaking of our next article, if the government's not going to step in to solve people's problems, who will? Jeff Bezos? From CBS News. Haiti earthquake death toll rises as gang leader offers to help relief efforts. Mm. Yep. The earthquake that recently hit Haiti is so bad, the bloods in the crypt, the Haitian bloods and crypts are getting together to, to help everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Let that sink in. I mean, ob obviously, the suggestion of, of the headline is that things are bad there and that gang members or gang leaders helping out the people is bad because it's a nefarious scheme to get them hooked on drugs or to get young children into their gangs, which I'm sure it is to some extent is, is an attempt to build the power of whatever gang is, is offering this. But also, what's the like the suggestion? It's it's the kind of thing that like condemns a reality without any suggestion of what else Haitian people should be relying upon. Like they've been struck by a natural disaster, first, which is something that I think the media can't even attempt to blame them for. Unlike if if it were you know I don't know rampant fires or some kind of pollution, you know, anything that they could blame the people of, of Haiti for. But but this is part of the game, Aiden. Because why does Haiti get hit with natural disasters? Because that's what Haiti deserves. That just is the way the Jesus universe Christ. is. Haitians get hit by natural disasters. People in Florida get hit by earthquakes. People in the Gulf of Mexico get hit by earthquake. Get by hit by uh, storms. Like the, my point is, this is the conservative worldview. Things don't happen. Things can't be fixed by human means. Things just happen, and because they happened, they were right to happen. This happens to Haiti. That's the way it is. I hate to say it, but the phrasing of this of this article strongly supports your bizarre like assertion, Jason, because it says Haiti earthquake death toll rises as gang leader offers help to relief efforts. In other words, it's phrased as if the gang leader offering to help relief efforts caused the earthquake. Uh, th that's obviously not made in, in the article. But I do want yeah, it's very poorly phrased. But that's the gram like that's the grammar. Like the grammar It's really just saying these are these are happening at the same time. It should say gang leader offers to help relief efforts as earth you know, Haiti earthquake death toll rise. Yeah, they yoded it up. The fact that they yoded it actually makes it sound like he caused the earthquake. Also, you know you're a badass when your gang is called the G9 Revolutionary Forces. Which is apparently the name of the gang that's helping out. Or, you know, maybe they're like a radical political movement and not a gang. Who, well, maybe they yeah, know. Maybe just calling them a gang. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like they're, it's like a communist guerrilla movement. It's like, we don't fucking know. Like, do you think the average person, you know, reporting on this is going to make that distinction? If, it, if it's hostile to American interests, it's a gang. Like, they don't give a fuck. I just think it's funny that when, when your state fails, just rely on your cholo down the street. I mean, what is a state? Like, if a state is, is barely functional and it's basically just a military and a corrupt bureaucracy on top of that, that's just a gang. It's just a big, powerful gang. Like, gang is not a well-defined word, right? Like, gang is just kind of a pejorative, like, saying terrorist or, like... Group of young men who are armed who we don't like. Yeah, like, almost all states are just extremely huge, successful gangs in, in, in a very basic sense if you want to use gang. I mean, I would define the police that. as gangs. Certainly. And often very strong overlap between them. Um, but, like... To say gang as a pejorative without any investigation of that in this title is, once again, as we've been talking about, a way of saying, like, man, Haiti sure sucks, instead of just saying, like, Haiti's being brutalized by the environment. 
and the economy. The world and should economy. Re- and should really be assisted as best we can by whoever's able to assist. Yeah, why don't why don't they just turn to their president, right? Yeah. Oh wait. Oops. Uh, he got ganked. Yeah. I mean, right, Haiti, let's... yeah, let's move on. There's a lot of stuff to say about Haiti, but we could devote like an hour. Speaking to that, of yeah. people hating their politicians, mm-hmm. this from yeah, that's uh, the Washington Examiner. Kamala Harris has unprecedented negative rating. She's she's achieved something no one else has. Yeah, she continues to break new ground. Now we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, talking about how. Like her responses to being asked a question about Afghanistan are putrid, whereas Biden's are hilarious. Uh, but I mean, Kamala Harris is he's, he's like hitting you know super saiyan levels of unlikable, and I'm here for it. Do you think that's why he chose her? Like, do you think he wanted someone who would be insurance so that he they, he wouldn't be killed or be like let die? What, so we're gonna keep him on like life support? So yeah, like he's gonna get president? he's gonna get like the extra adrenochrome like super infusion blood gift to keep him going because otherwise we're stuck with Harris. Yeah, but see, I kind of understand that logic. It's the same logic as the Chappelle show bit. Right. Where, you know, Black Chappelle is running for for president, but his his running mate is like a Hispanic guy. And so his appeal to America is, well, you bet, you know, you, I, you better not assassinate me because if you assassinate me, the Hispanic guy will take over and you'll even hate that more. And he goes, he'll just, he's just going to open the border up as if that's See, what all his yeah, guys But to want. me, and I, I, this has always been my pet peeve, I think in both 2016 and 2020, the Democratic Party should have offered an olive branch to the left wing of the Democratic Party and just said, Bernie, we'll let you be VP under both Hillary and under Biden. Right, but of course. because they're such cynical scumbag assholes who are vindictive monsters, they're like, no, we have to, dis- we have to destroy you. Um, but I think it would have been so much more interesting from like a political game theory dynamic, if Bernie was generally the VP, because then it would be don't let Biden die, otherwise the socialist takes over and things. Well, really of course, get that's why they didn't do it because they know Biden might die. But that's why the they couldn't. Of, then what's the play of having a super unlikable Kamala as the VP? Because it's not about whether she's likable; it's about whether she's a reactionary piece of shit that they can use for their ends. Yeah, whether she's safe politically. Yeah, yeah. I guess. yeah. But then, but then all this unlikability stuff is just ether. It's just smoke up people's asses yeah but it's always been but it's I, fun to talk about i mean i i i'm kind of glad i guess to, to, to continue to read things like this because at least people are still thinking you know just I, just not objectively I, I, just thinking about things i guess like that they can realize that that there is more to kamala harris than id poll appeals that she isn't in fact a deeply unlikable person that's kind of gratifying to me that the american public can still see that kind of thing. I guess my standards are, are really low these days, but you know. Dick Cheney had higher favorability. Well, I was about to talk about that. I was going to say, like, bear in mind that favorability ratings are very, very heavily influenced by the conditions in the society at that moment. Like, Dick Cheney hadn't seen the higher ratings because it was mostly following 9-11. Well, no. By, by obscenely higher, I meant 50-50. Well, the article I read had Dick Cheney in well into the positives. Uh, okay, in, in like 2002, sure, but and well, Dick Cheney was like, the first year, I guess. In, I mean, in the similar time span. Yeah. Dick Cheney is a combination of like Skeletor and the cast of Valkyrie. So, like, for him to be that likable has almost nothing to do with his personality. I mean, the guy was a monster. Is there something wrong with me? I think Dick Cheney's more likable than Kamala Harris. <laughs> I, he's a he's a badass. He shot some guy in the face, and everyone just kind of laughed about it. But he's got that like psycho evil energy. It's funny. 
He'd make like a great wrestling heel. Like he's entertaining. Take Cheney. That guy's so funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. There's <laughs> very board, people I like... hate more than Dick Cheney. I mean, Harris, I don't actually hate as much as I hate Dick Cheney, though I do think she's less likable. Yeah. I, I hate him yeah, more okay, than like I'm not saying who's done more damage. I mean, it's yeah. just pure likability. Just their like other weird words like the favorability thermometer yeah. or how much do people like you. Harris has that kind of uncanny valley of like, I don't know how she became a politician because of how unlikable she is. Like, she, she's barely human in her affect. She doesn't understand people at all. So she just says wild shit that like doesn't resonate with anyone and then laughs. But she acts like what she's laugh. saying is normal. Yeah. And that's that's the most off-putting thing. Right. It's like a robot or like an AI that's learnt, trying to be trained how to speak right. like humans do, and it's not quite there. Like if you revealed, like, okay, this was our first AI attempt, I'd be like, all right, you know. She's trying. Yeah, it's a good first, first start. AI VP. I, I don't know what the fucking deal with her is. I think she just might be like a bad person and it's kind of coming across that way. But Really, I mean, when I watch the videos on like her giving like explanations of her political positions, and like the most monstrous shit you ever heard, and she's just like giggling and chortling and like, uh, like, like, oh, you, you called me out on my, you know, life in prison for pot. It's like, what? Huh. like she doesn't even have the slightest shame about any of it. I don't know. She wears Converse, and that's cool. Okay, well, speaking of people who are former police and prosecutors making your life worse. <laughs> I'm really struggling with these transitions. Yeah. <laughs> this from... Uh... Where is this from? The dumpster? I can't find... Did I get rid of it? Uh-oh. This from somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me try and find it. Do you want me to read it while you're searching? Oh, it's the hill again. It's the hill. Oh, no, yeah. It's from, actually from a bunch of these. Uh, but bunch of all, every dumbass web, uh, news website. Federal agencies planning to expand use of facial recognition. Thanks for telling us, at least. Yeah, this means that they did it about half a year ago, at least. Right. <laughs> it's like the. It's been declassified. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I'm sure that they plan to use this for great things like finding kidnapped children and. Stuff like that. It's probably the primary application. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to uh, all be this needs to become a juggalo podcast. So we can all wear the face paint that obscures their their facial recognition technology. Well, well, have well, you heard uh, of that before, Aiden? Yeah, I have, yeah. Uh, what what if this is what if like at this point, like they just go full like you know, cyberpunk dystopia? And they just create like a massive database of everyone's face as analyzed by this program. And it's just like a massive uh, countrywide version of the first thing that Facebook was supposed to be, where, the, where every American could just like log on and vote who's hot and who's not. That was, well, that's what they do in their NSA offices. I, yes, they do. Yeah. And then they hire on David Cage so they can render out everyone's genitalia as well. <laughs> And the Republican position. The Republican position becomes that you know eights and above don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and Mitt Romney gets salty. Yeah, yeah. Every every conservative immediately. His his Uber rating is that he's a seven point five. Right. This goes with all the social credit stuff we've been talking about. We just have to put Violet J in charge of the FBI. I like that this article headline, which seems really straightforward, actually has not one but two different qualifiers rendering it useless, or three. One is federal agencies. So it doesn't tell us which ones and what their role is and how they're all fun. of them. 
Two, it says planning, meaning this is all smoke and mirrors. Who knows yeah. could happen, could not. And, and three, three it expand. Says expand instead of how much, by what percent, from what to what. This is the most substanceless way of saying this thing. Like, this, this article could have been written, Big Brother is going to crack down on you more. Stay tuned. Or even more neutrally, you know, like NSA... Uh, it, by by 2022, plans to expand its use of facial recognition 300% and has submitted the budget to it to Congress, which is probably closer to what is actually being done, and they're just not reporting it that way, right? Like, th they have to present their budgets. So, like, they know how much it is and what it's for and when they plan to do it. Just none of that's apparently important enough to be in the headline. So it's just, it's just meant to be, like, something vaguely maybe questionable is happening. Oops, you know, what can you do? It's, 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 it's like I'm fucking high when I'm trying to read this, apparently. Yeah, it's like the answer to the CIA tweeting out, big things coming, winky face. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got their, their social media person on fleek fucking yeah. tweeting out yeah. sick memes about the facial recognition yeah, CGTVs they, that are coming. They got a reply from Wendy's. <laughs> and then Wendy's has the ICP makeup on. All right, uh, Speaking of shit you'd read while high, this is from People magazine. Wow, what a, what a heel <laughs> turn this is. Belgian woman banned mm -hmm. from zoo after four-year affair with chimpanzee. Who says um, romance is dead? <laughs> so, wrong? yeah, four I years. I couldn't do that. There's a three and <laughs> 11-month limit in Belgium. Mm -hmm. Past that, it's a serious relationship, and you can't have that with a chimp. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, this is just funny, and I have a, but I do have a lot of questions that I'm going to have to read the article to get answered. I guess. Have you read it at all, uh, Jason? Yeah. Unfortunately, I have also read it because I was looking at that headline. This Why have you both read this weird? Because, <laughs> because quiet. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't. You already said you were. Like, it's not, you sec about it's like not a sexual affair. No. Don't worry. No, I but didn't. it may as well have been because the chimp thought it was. Oh, right? Like the it wasn't sexual, but the chimp was basically holding out because it only wanted to be with this woman. I just said. Yes, but the point is the woman was not getting railed by the chimp. No. I mean, not so far. I, mean, I guess that's why they had to break it up. Um, because the chimp was like, I, I'm not getting, getting married to another chimp. I'm getting married to this human. It's like, no. It's not going to happen for you, bud. But here's the here's the long and short of it. Chimp's been here 30 years. Can't get laid. Unhappy. Doesn't like anyone in his pound. L lady comes in. For four years, she shows up every week to say hi, and they communicate. And the chimp gets a hard-on for the lady. And as Alex says, disrupting the, the chimp civilization. This is how we get Planet of the Apes, by the way. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, like... I... 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 I thought for sure it was going to be like a, you know, this woman married a roller coaster kind of right, thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's uh. So basically, so basically, the the, the alternate the alternate title could be Belgian woman friend zones chimp, I guess. Zoo authorities friend zone. Yeah. Woman from chimp. Yeah, I mean, she, look, she's looking for a strong, well-groomed man. With at least ninety-eight percent human DNA. This was me reading this article. <laughs> <laughs> I found a related article about a orangutan who picked up sunglasses someone threw in the in their enclosure and put them on. I, yeah. I, I, I saw that video. And just remind that just 
ranked and reminded me of how I look like. Well, I guess this is, this is the podcast episode pick now. <laughs> yeah, we just got to put yeah. some some political like Yeah. All right. Um. Any more thoughts on the Belgian woman being banned from the zoo? No. I don't think she should have been banned from the zoo. It, it seems cruel. Like, give yeah, give like, give, give, give like a six month separation. Let him pair bond with someone else and let her come back. That's the other thing. I'm not sure she's banned from the zoo. I think she's banned from seeing that chimp. So it's like a restraining order. So she can go see like the leopards uh, and the penguins and whatever, but not that chimp. She can't be 200 feet close to him or something. Like, you want to talk about big government? Why can't the monkey love this woman? I don't mean sexually, but like, does he have to have a wife? Like, does he have to have an ape wife? Why can't he just love a human? And like, they, that's she's it. Probably like fucking up the whole vibe in the chimp enclosure. And they yeah. have they have like money riding on it. This is the shape of water, except like big government ends the movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's big government. I don't. I don't think the Belgian <laughs> resident stepped in. I I'm just saying. Sometimes fucking weird fishmen want to fuck ladies. Like sometimes apes are like, "Hey, we're we, we're a, we're a pair." And I never I'm, saw and, that movie. You Canicio know? started freaking me out. Well, I'm not saying that they should allow a sexual relationship between these people. <laughs> but like for fuck's uh-huh. sake, the ape is not required to have children. Like. Is he like endangered? I don't know. I don't understand. All right. Well, is speaking it... of people, <laughs> speaking just, of people who are up, upset re- about what they've produced, <laughs> <laughs> I love this title. Yeah, here we go. From the cut. Does anyone want to hear about burned out moms anymore? Was this like a survey to their readership? I know one chamber does. <laughs> No, I think it's just like opinion. It's just someone's got like a beef with all the mom articles over the last two years about how it's hard to raise kids during a pandemic. Uh, so, what do y'all think? I mean, burned out on burned out moms. Yeah, exactly. I, my answer is no. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have written an op-ed that's about a it. Great image, actually. But Truth in advertising. Wow, that's a yeah. That's like a very art, artistic image. Yeah, it's artsy. For what's not at all like a subtle or, especially. Uh, so, what artistic. do you guys think about the about this the burgeoning industry of moms who can't handle the fact that they have to raise their children instead of sending them to school every day? You know the way humans have done civilization for the last ten thousand years, and now they're like, I can't handle it for two years. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about fucking, this dynamic? Kids fucking suck. I don't blame them. I mean, yeah. All right, Aiden is clearly in the pro moms bitching camp. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to read about it, but if, if they're doing it in the if they're doing it in the sanctity <laughs> of their own homes, but Aiden, uh, if it exists, you have to be subjected to it. Yeah, that's you're, what you're posting tr- you're means. True, you're true. You, well, you have the I have the right to force you to listen to my post. At least what the right wing believes. Uh, can I? I just sorry before. I I just want to. I I googled the the headline. So I wanted to see where it was from. And it looks like it's from a, a site called thecut.com. But the, it's the same you, one from this. Yeah. The second link is from Fortune from eight hours oh. ago. And the article there is Is anyone listening to burned out parents? Uh, so apparently, this is a thing. This is a trend. People yeah, care. apparently, this is the, we, we've stepped into a, an active dialogue. This still feels like machine learning to me. They're, they're like, uh, you know, burned out moms, feeling it? Burned out dads? Burned out parents, like yeah. they're just running through the things to see, like if we can get a human response to an AI. This question. is a quote from one of the moms they interviewed in this article. I think it's telling. The only real difference between last summer and now 
is that at least back then people were still asking how I was. <laughs> okay. Now yeah, nobody that... gives a shit. All right. Shut the fuck up. We're all someone... <laughs> clearly, clearly, we need one advocate for burned out moms. So I'll, I'll step in. To be fair to the burned out moms, yes, throughout most of human history, women would be kind of forced to stay home and raise their children themselves, and that sucked. However, they usually weren't also forced to work a full-time job, which a, I'm pretty sure a majority of modern mothers are. Uh, and also, they generally weren't doing so while also constantly quarantining and being terrified of dying. From I'm not sure it's a majority so there's, yet. There's a lot going on, I guess is what I would say. This is a yeah. lot more than a typical child-rearing situation would be in pretty much any other point in history other than like the Black Plague or something. Hey, kids could have like playdates and stuff and go places. And you could at least get some time. Listen, I... I, I do have sympathy for for quote unquote burned out moms, but I just uh, I do agree that I don't need to read articles about it um, from either side. Exactly. Yes, I have sympathy for all human beings, but burned out moms are not a fucking voting block. Okay, you don't have interests the same way that like the NRA has interests. We Which... all have a collective human interest of making sure kids are nourished and taught properly, and parents are not overworked. But the government's obviously failing in that capacity. So it's not unique or special to moms. Everyone's suffering through this, which is why after a year of hearing about it, people are like, yeah, we get it. We're all suffering. Please stop trying to act like you're special. And this is the endings uh, line of the article. And I think it also is speaking to this, of like this sense of self-importance. The article ends with the line, we're still here. We're still screaming. But is anybody listening? Oh, my God. It's framed. It's this is like a this is like reaching psyop levels of yeah they're of, acting like they're Joan of Arc like they're being killed for their values like shut up and like everyone's and listen, life sucks I understand the hypocrisy of saying all this uh, while I'm recording a podcast where all we do is complain and about while they're stuff. fucking posting on the internet for just... <laughs> but you know I'm just doing me so yeah I don't I don't really see that much wrong with I mean look there's there's going to be a handful of people who are extremely outspoken in any community. We're just okay, but imagine if the balls. imagine if the headline the, the the title of this episode was, uh, "We're still screaming, we're still here." Why is nobody listening to our niche left wing ravings? Imagine. I mean, it could be, but the, the the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, there's a handful of people in any community who are gonna kind of be loud and annoying and, and seem like self absorbed assholes, but you know, the majority of people are quietly suffering and have like really poor support systems right now. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that. It really sucks right now for so many people, and and that includes. Groups. Yeah, I just don't think that's the Parents. people writing this. It may, it may or may not be, but to, as far as it describes material reality, yeah, there's a huge number of parents who feel incredibly overwhelmed right now, and, and it's a struggle to continue the simplest of premises, which is the continuation of the species in the midst of all the chaos and degradation of society and, and late capitalism and all this shit. So yeah, like I think this is describing a real problem and a real phenomenon. And I also like that it's framed in a way as if, like, if there's not a capitalist need for the article about how upset you are, then you don't matter. So it's like, does anyone still find it profitable to hear about your suffering? Is there a market demand for this? Right. It's like, yeah, that's exactly. not really the question. The question yeah. is, are people suffering? And is there something that can be done about it? Not like... Burned out moms are feeling a market inefficiency. Yeah. Are clicks still arriving for burned out moms? What? <laughs> that's, that's like, it's framed again in a baffling way. Exactly. But that's the irony I'm most pissed at. It's these people, Not yes, being a mom is hard, but trying to be a mom who's like, but I post, and you need to reward me for my posting. 
It's like, no, we don't. We don't have to do anything. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, is I think of anything, it kind of speaks more to how absolutely garbage communication has become as encouraged by the way that social media uh, influ influences us, like the things that get responses, that get engagement. Like it, it, it really encourages encourages people to be dramatic, to air out every grievance and every part of their lives, which is something that no one was ever supposed to be able to do, in my opinion. And uh, it really kind of yeah, encourages some really negative behaviors, like trying to uh, exaggerate victimhood or trying to uh, make people out to be villains or problems. Like, like no one, I would never have thought about this before if it weren't for this headline. Like, I, I would never have thought, are, am I hearing too much from burned out moms? Is that a thing? But yeah, it's just, it's the way that things work now. There needs to be a conflict, a problem, something. It goes, it goes right back to what we were saying in a, couple, a few episodes ago, which was like half of all GoFundMes being for medical bills and people begging for clout, not because they want fame, but because they want like basic needs taken care of by charity. And the more desperate your appeal, the more likely your success. Right. The, the it's, logical it's created... response in that yeah. space is to be as extreme in your own whinging as possible just so that you get enough attention that you get your thing paid for. Because otherwise you might suffer but the consequences so of it not being paid for. Just so people don't think we're just bitching. Like, we understand that this is a structural problem that can be addressed at the structural level. We have created a society in which we incentivize and reward this kind of behavior. This kind of behavior gets published, gets read. This kind of behavior gets more money, as Alex is alluding to, the, you know, GoFundMes. We, you know, whether it's advertising media or as Aiden is saying, social media, we have created economic structures that reward bad behavior, reward bitching, reward moaning, reward exaggerating, reward straight up lying, instead of creating structures that reward good behavior, reward success, reward solidarity. And th these, are, these are not like just part of nature. These are not just, not just the way it is. Haiti gets hurt by earthquake. Mom's gone post. Like we can create systems that do better at this. And it's fucked up that we don't even try to fix it. It just continually gets worse and worse. Well, because it turns out that the market does not have good solutions to having support systems and having financial resources and having civil society and having government institutions. Yeah. The market doesn't have anyone's best interests in mind except for its own. The, the, the market cannot take care of all of these gaps in what both the government and civil society and social networks are supposed to be able to cover. And I don't mean digital social real actual friend groups. Of and when groups. people were a little more sane, they recognized that the market fulfills some needs and the government's supposed to fill, fulfill the rest. But because we try and now run our government like a shitty business, like, you know, uh, OnlyFans, which has undone its insane decision, now we run our government like a business that's trying to go bankrupt as soon as possible. So now it can't fulfill anything. And the market already leaves massive gaps. So there's just huge portions of, of civil society that are left to the wayside that no one is fulfilling because either not profitable or the government systems in place to fix it are atrocious. Yeah, it's, it's, just very, it's very sad. And it, it, it's a sign of where we're heading even more as time goes on, both because of all these trends becoming more and more negative and less and less effort to fix them, but also because the, the more things get bad, the more people become desperate and start to double down on all these systems. You're not seeing people going like, okay... You know, get get me ten thousand relikes so that we can get Medicare for all passers. Because we've basically given up on that now. Because we know we we've, we've lost the 
political window to do it. Now it's just everyone's atomized and individualized trying to salvage their thing for the next few years because they don't have any other hopes. They don't have any other project. They're like, this is the way we could solve this otherwise. We've basically abandoned the political dreams necessary to fight for some larger project and are down to just fighting in the fucking ruins. Yeah, over it's just down for each, each lobster fighting for themselves to climb on other lobsters and kick them down. Or not loud. Is that crabs? I can't remember. What's the analogy? What's the example know. of the... There's some famous thing about crabs when there's a pile of them. Like, they kick each other down so they can try and escape. I don't know. Mm -hmm. The point is, Alex, you're exactly right. We're totally atomized and individualized. And now we see every success is, oh, I individually succeeded. Or if someone fails, oh, that's their individual fault and problem. There's no way that, that a system can fix these things. There's no way we can depersonalize this and in some way solve things as a community. That's been totally evaporated from the American psyche. The more that Twitter and, and GoFundMe become your source of insulin, the more that that insane premise becomes normalized. Like, the, the longer we have the most basic fundamental building blocks of survival privatized and marketized, the longer it'll be since Americans can remember any alternative. Just like we've been gaslit on every other fucking thing that used to be like a centrist position and is now considered Marxism. So, And this is, a, this is only accelerating. So, like, it wasn't in the grand scheme of human life wasn't that long ago when fucking Alexis de Tocqueville is writing about little de democratic hamlets where people are getting along and the carpenter gets to be mayor for a year and the plumber's mayor the next year and the milkman's mayor. Like, it wasn't that long ago when humans were actually working in concert with each other and solving things at community levels. Yep. But that has been totally annihilated over this last past century. Totally gone. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's somewhat hopeful that, that it seems like uh, unionizing is becoming a more uh, publicized or at least common thing, as well as workers' strikes across the country. But once again, it took a literal hellscape of a, of a pandemic to to even force that in, into existence. And you don't, you still don't hear about them. You hear about moms screaming into the void. You don't hear about people working together in solidarity to overcome um, systemic problems. Or to to collective think. action issues. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just hear about. All stuff right, we got like we got this. time for more of these. Or you want to dive into your full stuff? Let's do a few more. Yeah, I'm up for some more. It's been good. Okay, let's look at this one. This is from CNN, a political opinion section. From CNN, you do not have the constitutional right to refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. Huh. What do you all think? Well, I am no constitutional uh, lawyer, but um, good to know, I guess. Thanks, CNN. Yeah, I mean, the Constitution is not actually that complicated, but even so... I was still kind of run through my head whether this would violate any of the like core tenets or sort of numbers of implied rights. I have to imagine that in, in, in areas of national crisis, they've almost all had like a Supreme Court case that creates a niche where you can do this, though. Like, because one of the things you have to remember is that the Constitution is not just the Constitution, it's like this incredibly convoluted series of court cases that have formed precedent surrounding the Constitution, and that's how this would actually be ruled at, at most courts. So, like, what, whether you don't even necessarily know whether you have a constitutional right to something until you try to figure out if you do, right? And so, even, okay, even what, what recent do, what recent event do you think allowed the writing of this article? 
I think it just happened the other day, like a day or two ago. Is this the religious exemption to... to... No, no, no. The Pfizer vaccine has now gotten FDA approval. Mm -hmm. So what this means is, according to the federal government, the FDA, the Pfizer vaccine is good, doable, usable. So there's no there's no longer the excuse of like, well, it's not even FDA approved. Well, it, you know, it's not even gone through our government. You know, once again, it, it's you have to establish a bunch of things. One, that the government's legitimate. Two, that the that the tools the government uses are legitimate. Three, that you trust that. But according to the FDA now, the Pfizer vaccine is legit. So there's no argument like, well, even our government doesn't say it's legit. I think that's really what they're speaking to. That there's no longer this... But what does that affect whether you have a right to refuse it? Like, if, if, if the FDA hadn't finished testing it, then you had a constitutional right against it, but now that they do, you don't have a constitutional right against it? Like, is there a constitutional right that says you don't have to take a vaccine until the FDA is fully approved? Like, what does that even... What would that No, but as, as you're saying, it's, it's speaking to this concept of implied rights um, that, be, you know, essentially, because it's an emergency and they had to fast-track all this shit, people were taking the vaccine even before it was technically FDA-approved. Meaning, before we fully understand the side effects and the distance effects, people were taking it just out of sheer emergency and safety. But now that it's past all that stuff, there's no longer the excuse of, well, it didn't have legitimate science backing it or, you know, uh, corroborating evidence behind it. But this so, is, even besides the fact like a legalistic that I don't, argument. I don't even think there is a single part of the country yet that has said you have to take it. Like, is there anywhere in the entire country, is there any state that has said the government is going to force you to take the vaccine? I don't think that's happened. No, no but that's the entire right-wing conspiracy argument, is that they will force you to take this. I, and the person writing this article is like, yeah, bitch, we're going to force you to take it now that it's FDA approved. But this is like the liberals playing into the conservatives yeah, exactly. thing, which is like, fuck you, I'll be the very kind what? of bizarre, fake, tyrannic, tyrannical premise you think I am. Right, but that's why it's funny, because it's like, it's the right wing usually argues against straw men, but occasionally the libs are like, I'll be a straw man. Yeah. I will, I will be that paper. T- I will be that thing for you, uh, that, you know, pinata for you to beat. I just think it's funny. I don't understand either part of this argument. From the conservative perspective, what this sounds like to me is you do not have a constitutional right to refuse free money. It's, it's like there's, there's no downside to the vaccine beyond like one or two days of, of mild symptoms for some people. And basic, well-established that a very small percentage of people will right. react poorly to almost... But I mean, we're talking about like 0.0001%. We're not talking about even an amount that you would notice in a, in a thousands of persons. Of course. It's still tragic when anyone um, suffers bad problems from vaccine. But, but the point is, it's statistically insignificant number of people will be harmed from this. The right wing is essentially saying you can't force me to get an unambiguous public good. Unambiguous public good. And... The, the, I mean, I don't even want to say left, like the center-right liberal response is, fuck you, government can tell you to do whatever we want. Like, what? Why would that be their position? Like, are they suddenly saying, like, we want an incredibly strong state with, with like, emergency powers to do anything we want? Like, is, is this them going full, like, Patriot Act? Like, we're going to create a Patriot Act for hell? I think libs are so mad at conservatives. They're willing to be the fascists? to force the conservatives into following the health standards they want. Like, there, there are libs who are clenching their fists like, oh, we'll set up the camps. We'll do it. We'll set it's up like, the vaccine camps for your grandpa. Do you remember in the Obama era when it was like the conservatives were terrified of death panels? Yeah. This is like the conservatives are now saying, you can't take away our death panels. 
they're, they're literally saying they're literally saying we want to die at a, at, a, at a staggering rate for no reason, and big government can't stop no, us from no killing reason, ourselves. Alan. It's not no reason. It's 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 uh, what's the movie with Mel Gibson? It's for freedom, like yeah. die for justice, for truth, for Christ. It's it, yeah. because it's not die for no reason. It's die a martyr. It's ISIS. It's it's just die for the good cause. Die for good. Die for God. I th I think it's interesting that if you read the the, the actual headline, it all it says is you do not have the constitutional right to refuse the COVID nineteen vaccine. Like there's nothing in there about Democrats uh, committing to, as you say, some kind of fascist requirement or some kind of extreme action. But we all just know. All yeah. three of us yeah, just know. Is, all, we know where it's we going know, we yeah, know where yeah. this is headed. We know exactly how, this trash. how smug it, it's actually going to be. Yeah, Because that's what they always are, which is like, they have to posture as the smarter people in the room because they're all trying to do West Wing shit and just like punk yeah. these, these chuds and be like, turns out you don't have the right to refuse the vaccine, sir. Like, what? Who cares? These people don't read the Constitution. They don't read the Bible. They just say they don't they read do. CNN. They don't have them to matter read. Like these people don't do any of this shit. <laughs> you can't argue with them by saying like "punked you, bitch." I read your Constitution thoroughly. Like, I'll they don't, they don't care. This is trying to outbench yeah. Piro. What are they doing? You're not going to outbench Piro them. It's not going to happen. They don't actually care about logic. It's just a fetish. <sighs> I, I don't know. Like it's, this is so dumb. As if any of the Obama era shit ever worked on these smooth brain people. You cannot give a good enough speech and then they go like, I've been swayed by your logic and now I'm a proud Vax soldier. No. That's right. not how it works. And now from the opposite perspective. From Politico, California can't stop talking about Florida. Oh, God. And I read it with this snarky, you know, mothers of real housewives voice because that's all this is well you got to get your house in order this is the level that we're top we're top level politicians so this is how they speak to each other like caddy reality tv level of you you can't you can't get our name out of your mouth well you can't get the vaccine out of your shoulder <laughs> like this is the childish petulant way in which people who write laws and pass rules speak with each other and communicate with each other in article form I don't like people playing on my phone. This is this is like put some respect on my name. California's trying to keep it real by calling on a fire. Like state state that's actively on fire in like five hundred different places calls out state that's metaphorically on fire with the worst COVID in the country. We see the time to the gentleman from California, Mr. Birdman. Like this is where, this is where we're at. Once again, anthropomorphizing states as well. Like they're literal people. Yeah. There's no agent in this. The, 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 the territory of these states, like the, the earth spirit has kind of emerged like avatar of Gaia and started talking shit to each other. The, the, the opening line of this article, Florida is living rent-free in California's <laughs> head. Because <laughs> look, this article is all about uh, the Gavin Newsom recall and comparing Newsom and Ron DeSantis who are both total idiots and failed losers, but for totally different reasons. And I just think it, this is for like, in what sense are we United States? We're not. We are divided states that, that exist to shit on each other. And if this article isn't proof of that, I don't know what to tell you. We, we need to get rid of United. 
We are the states of America. We are the states that can that make up this country. We are in no way united other than the way other than that we have roads that go across each other and we accept each other's money. You know, I would almost accept this article if only it was encouraging more people to live rent free in California. Hey. <laughs> Got him. This is, you've turned it into a socialist rent rent destruction article. God, but I guarantee you it's no. not that. No, it's yeah, record record scratch tone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I mean, this is so stupid. So, what do you think about state, you know, uh, states' rights and such? This is the me yeah. the medium for that. Yeah. Do you think there should be a war over states' rights? Um, I, yeah, it's it's pretty, like it, it's it's almost entirely uh, a liberal thing at this point, but it's so it's really sickening how. Anytime something uh, structurally bad happens in a uh, conservative state, or at least what people have decided is a conservative state, um, because normally those states do at least have bastions of of democratic or, or even leftist populations like Dallas. And let's put it plainly: every single state in America that has yeah, cities yeah, exactly. has many people who are not right wing. But just because of many things you all know about gerrymandering redistricting, all sorts of crazy bullshit that happens on local level politics. States become blue and red for a bunch of bullshit reasons. Not, not to mention that when we had a party that actually represented working class people, huge amounts of the countryside voted with it. Yeah, It's just we've lost it because the modern uh, quote-unquote left options don't give a flying fuck about any of those people, so they all vote Republican over culture issues. Yep. Like, those people are not all lost. They're just lost because we don't even bother with them. No, it's not that they're lost. It's that the politics considers them lost. They right. still exist. They're out there looking for candidates and politicians that actually care about them. But the people on top don't care. <laughs> the fact that we're, we're the fact that we're at the point where it's just like we, we've we've written every article that kind of vaguely made sense, and now we're just like, hey, y'all, you you see the video on World Star where fucking Nebraska punked Idaho? I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> And I don't care. But you see, this is this is not even like professional sport beefs. This is like college sport beefs, where it's like the Idaho, you know, spelunkers or corn cobblers, or like this is where like states are fighting each other over the pettiest of petty of petty 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 bullshit. This is it's not even like we have a different worldview, a different vision for how politics is done. It's just like you're from that state, and I'm from this state. Suck my dick. It's it's except it's, it's, it's really it's like... that level. Oh yeah, California says we have acres and acres and hundreds of hundreds of homes burning in wildfires. Well, Texas, your your people froze to death because your energy infrastructure was too poor. Isn't that isn't great that ironic? Own? The Florida is like yeah. world drowning. I totally owned you with all the people that you failed to have died tragically. <laughs> Who's better at failing their their constituents? Oh man! All right, well that's. <laughs> That's all yeah. that I've got. That I think are that's the last. Yeah, that's the last <laughs> one I can take anyway. <laughs> My God. Um, I think I think to to kind of take us out this uh, time, we're going to cover a few a few things that we've mentioned before, and and some we haven't. Um, starting with a brief callback to the the plague riders of Nurgle, who we mentioned the last time uh, a few episodes ago. Were, were bikers riding across America to spread COVID, or at the very least, without, with spreading COVID without caring that they're spreading it. 
I, I'm not really clear on it. Um, so an article <laughs> popped up. Uh, an article popped up in our feed. Uh, South Dakota cases quintuple after Sturgis motorcycle rally. Uh, as this motorcycle rally, which had brought something like a half million to a million people, uh, almost none of them wearing masks and almost none of them vaccinated, of course, uh, took South Dakota from one of the lowest rates in the country to one of the highest rates in the country in two weeks. In, the, in Meade County, which is the uh, county where this event took place, they saw a 1,500% increase in COVID cases in the last two weeks. Um, but the article makes sure to point to out say. we're not yet sure yeah. it's because of this. Think of all these stats. So good. And then, yeah. But, well, 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 we can't say for sure it was because of the rally. You know, it could have been because... Really uh, incredible. You know, you had two friends over for a barbecue. Could have been that. Um, it just... Yeah. They, they, they won. I'm glad to see that, that proselytizing <laughs> is still a, a successful endeavor, uh, even when, when it mainly concerns spreading the plague. It's, uh, you know, it's, we sometimes like to joke about, like, people doing bad things for obviously evil reasons when it's usually just ignorance or, or stupidity. But, like, it feels like this was intentional. Like, this felt like malice and forethought to me. I mean, that's the way it was framed <laughs> in know. the last article we, we read. The prologue, so to speak, is that this was, this was framed with some intentionality, which is, yeah, that's not a good feeling. Uh, especially... Yeah, I think I think that's why it's distinct from like the conversation we just left off of, because yeah, it seems like this was a an act of rebellion, and and the the act was spreading COVID, and it has been successful. So I guess that goes to uh, to to your point, Chase, that you know maybe collective action is still alive and well. Yeah. Yeah, only for evil. Alex is not joking. Like. These people are legitimately chaos space brains. They exist to spread bile for the bile gods. Right. And most of them have either having it for like for the eighth time or they're just permanently suffering through long COVID. And that's just their life now and they're fine with it. Like they're just a rotting pile of flesh that trap. They're like yeah. a zombie horde. They just they drop to an area, kill all the weak and then just keep moving. And you know what? I'm here for it. If that's like the new career path, b b biker, like, uh, biker super spreader, cool. That's We're approaching Mad Max times, and it's cooler than what, what things were before. Yeah. Uh, Left for Dead Boomer is now a career option. Yeah, except yeah. the Boomer is now on like a Harley. I guess B Boomer maybe has two meanings. <laughs> and his belch is invisible, and you're like, I don't even know if he even got me. Needs to be patched. Oh, man. Needs to be modded in. And not to mention the other insane things about bike rallies, which is the ridiculous amounts of pollution they create. I mean, motorcycles are some of the most, like, inefficient, like, dinosaur-guzzling engines that still exist. There's not, like, a lot of pressure, like there is on the car industry, to uh, become more, eco you know, ecologically friendly, um, switch, to to switch to electric, uh, become more fuel-efficient, uh, reduce emissions. Like, motorcycles are just proud and out about, like, here's my dong, like, here's my truck nuts, here's my, like, five miles to gallon, and here's my horrible diesel I'm shooting at the space. So, motorcycle rallies are especially disgusting in just in general. So, this is just, like, tripling, they're just tripling down on the grossness, and it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Not, not to say that I love it. 
every Harley I've ever heard seems to come with whatever the opposite of a muffler is. Yeah. Well, they just said yeah, remove mufflers. Yeah. Unmuffler, demuffler. But, uh, you know, every now and then we like to see that. We, you, you love to see it, basically. You love to see when people with a dedicated political cause make a change in the world. Well, but see, you know, this reminds me of, um, of like early Christianity. <laughs> Where it's like, no, no, we are a death cult. We will all be committing suicide in like six months. Like, this is this is what happens when not it's not like, you know, it's not like the left wing was like, well, you know, we really should take COVID seriously. Like, this is not a political issue. This is just basic life and death. But when basic things become <laughs> politicized, you have people who are then unironically advocating for evil. And they like acknowledge it. They're like, yeah, we got COVID. I'm proud of it. Like, what? How? How is this an identity that you've built yourself around? Like, I'm the I'm the COVID biker. Like, there's gonna be COVID biker gangs that are gonna be beefing with each other over like how much COVID they spread. Because this has now become a badge of honor. Like the Proud Boys whole thing is we're assholes, and that's like become their badge of honor. The, the this is like a, a bad. This is like you get your Boy, Boy Scout badge. Yeah, like, coughing on food. They're like coughing in the grocery store. Like this is what they now live for. This has yeah. be this has supplanted their previous political motivations. This has supplanted their previous values because their previous values got them nowhere. Their previous values barely got you know Trump across the finish line, which just unleashed the Pandora's box of like just love evil. And they now just love this. this has become their pastime. They're creating new traditions as we speak. Yeah, their new gang and their new gang initiation is to attend and or generate at least one super spreader event. Yeah, kill at least three grandparents. Yeah, radical. So we hope that this uh, we hope that this gave you all some good closure on the on our on our previous story. Yeah, on COVID. COVID's over. We'll just <laughs> one way or another. No, I've not. But I've I've looked at the illustration of him, and it's funny. It's cute. All right. Does he look cute in that little pencil sketch? <laughs> what like twenty year old uh-huh. artist who's paid like six cents a day was forced to make this artistic? Apparently, cute Dan Williams in like the right corner. It looks like they yeah, it looks like he does it for every article of this type. Oh my I just that that um that little blurb yeah. paragraph in the beginning. Yep. So stupid. Don't worry, it doesn't get any better. In fact, it arguably gets worse. Yeah, you know, I'm done reading it. We're good. We're good. I'll tell you to keep this. And... The, the rest of the rest of the article is basically him saying that Afghanistan could never have culture and never will have civilization, and him like barely holding himself back from saying our mistake was not nuking the entire country, which is yeah, I know. Our yeah, mistake which is was entirely out of character for for Kissinger. The... <laughs> it's not like this is the mo he's been using for fifty years with Vietnam, like. I'm just trying to think of fantasy analogies. 
Like, did the elves ever go to the orcs and be like, "Come on, be, you know, li- listen to listen to Calibrimbor, listen to Elrion." Like, being civilized and cultured is cool. And the orcs were like, "Fuck off!" And like, see, we we told, we tried, we tried diplomacy first. Now we got to purge them. It's the way it is. They're just intrinsically bad at civilization. Oh wait, civilization was birthed in the Middle East. No, China? not real civilization. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, the cradle of light. I swear to God, like, do these people think civilization in- was invented yes, by the they, Greeks? They do. God, so fucking dumb. We're getting, we're keeping it in. We're going, we're doing it live. We've been riffing. I read it. I read enough. You've <laughs> seen too much. I know. I've seen things. Peered into the void. Well, let's talk about Kissinger some. So, in another callback to previous uh, episodes, specifically the last couple, um, we also have an article on Afghanistan. Um, But not the good kind like you like. This is an article by Henry Kissinger, who decided at 98 years old, and with the track record that he has... I'm sorry, he's that old? He's 98 years old, and he decided this was the time to solve the Afghanistan problem. With an article that's about a four-minute read. Why don't we talk about it? This motherfucker is 98? Mm-hmm. He looks great. <laughs> I mean, he looks like uh he looks like James Lipton, who like kicked ass into their into his 90s before he died. Yeah. Holy shit, how many child souls has he consumed? How many souls does he give when you beat him in the boss battle in Dark Souls? Yeah, I think it's just oh a dry, my god. Dried out husk at this point, but um, this, this is a really incredibly boring article. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even think we need to read it because it's exactly what you would expect it would be coming from Henry Kissinger. Um, the article itself is called uh, Henry Kissinger on Why America Failed in Afghanistan. And I'll, I'll read you the subhead at least. It was not possible to turn the country into a modern democracy, but creative diplomacy and force might have overcome terrorism says the American statesman. What are your thoughts, folks? <laughs> I think like he seems the per- perfect person to ask about this, as he has, you know, very relevant personal experience. Or since, I mean, a- as the news has informed me, this is a modern-day Saigon. And if I remember, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember correctly, he, he had something to do with Vietnam, right, guys? Am I remembering that correctly? <laughs> Wait, no, no. This this sweet old man. I'm I'm looking at a a pen and ink portrait of couldn't couldn't have anything to do with that disastrous war. Other, otherwise, he wouldn't have the gall to speak on the issue, would he? Yeah. Um. Obviously, that's sarcasm. Uh. Yeah. The the, the piece itself is is uh is horrible. It's boring and horrible. Which is you know if it's, if it's going to be horrible, at least it could be entertaining. But no. Henry Kissinger has. He doesn't have yeah, an entertaining he has, he has support in his body. Perfect uh, equilibrium. Equilibrium, in this case, meaning something that makes my brain want to explode out of my skull. He, uh, yeah, I mean. I'm now just posting pictures of him. He's so friendly. Like, I find yeah, it, it's full yeah. of what, what you'd expect. It's like, it is racist against the, the Afghani people, uh, as even the, just the subheading that Alex Red suggests. Um, basically talks about how 
there's never any hope for them to achieve democracy because they've never really been capable of having their own uh, modern civilization that they're I'm not this is not a quote but this is a pretty i think reasonable paraphrasing that they're a, a backwards people who have always been tribalist and that the only times they've ever been able to come together is to murder white people um which is basically what he says <laughs> at, one po- at one point he may does he does he does he point no, to the crusades he... <laughs> please tell me no i mean at least he's smart enough to know that the crusades never made it that far but it would have been but what I mean is just the Arab hordes that he's referring to. Uh, yeah, I think as far back that as would he be goes funny. is the 18th century. But he makes like a point to talk about how, like, uh, let's see, both the calamitous British retreat from Kabul in 1842, in which only a single European escaped death or captivity. So, you know, making sure that you know that yeah. these evil brown people kill white people en masse mercilessly. But that whole section is is to critique the Afghani army and the Afghani people for not fighting against the Taliban well enough because clearly they're able to fight against people uh, in a united front and with uh, vehement support because they've done it before back in the 19th and 18th centuries. Man, we don't even need Francis Fukuyama anymore. Like, according to Kissinger, just civilizations are literally different, fundamentally different and, and antagonistic toward each other. Well, remember, Afghanistan may never have been a modern state because statehood presupposes a sense of common obligation and centralization of authority. However, Afghan soil is rich in many elements. Yeah, uh, they even he even does a callback to the one trillion dollars of you know resource of, the world that definitely owed, yeah. I cannot believe he did a callback to that. Like Kissinger of all people is not smart enough apparently. No, not to say that. Uh, oh my uh, God, Alex! I found the problem with our podcast. Kissinger reads these articles. <laughs> yeah, the articles that we read. Oh God! I, I, oh no! I could not believe. I could not believe that he actually included a line referencing that. Um, but yeah, it basically the entire thing is just him arguing that we somehow did everything wrong in Afghanistan by having our troops in there when we did and having our troops out of there when we did even though we've been occupying it for 20 years and only just now have pulled out. And then he concludes by saying, I should have, you should have used troops better and not used troops better. Actually, I have no idea. Well, see, the sense I get is that this, this article just seems to me like a, it's like a, it's like a mad ex who's like, well, you didn't listen to me. You didn't do it the way I said to do it. So this is your own fault. Because you took other foreign policy expert right. advice instead of mine. It's like, Henry, you've been sitting in an office for fucking 50 years, like, just bullshitting. None of your advice has ever been good. Every conflict you've ever had any policy prescriptions in has always gone cock up. So you can't, after the fact, say, well, if you had done X, Y, Z, and be like, oh, oh, you're right, Henry. Oh, my God. Like, everything you've ever done has been a colossal failure that has cost people lives. Why would we believe you now? Die! <laughs> All right, well. Just die already. Uh, you're almost over that page, though. And, and I just want to mention, I posted two pictures while, while you guys were talking. Um, one, the, first, the top one's real, apparently. Apparently, Henry Kissinger and Diane Feinstein, who I'm pretty sure has been confirmed as, like, dementia, like, full-on Alzheimer's, like, doesn't know who anything is. Have been him, uh, Feinstein and him 
have been nominated as the 2021 recipients for the George H.W. Bush Award for achievements in U.S.-China relations. Uh, uh, Shit just writes itself. That's, yeah, that that reeks. reeks. <laughs> this hobgoblin and this brain-dead woman. Apparently, I'm so great for connecting us with China. You know, the country that we so viciously want to start a war over because we think they started a global pandemic. And who better to name this award than George H.W. Bush, rapist-in-chief himself? Oh, my God. I mean, how, how many Southeast Asians do you have to orchestrate the genocide of before you can't get an award in U.S.-Asian relations in any sense? Or are they saying that China loved that we did that? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, what are they implying? The Shanghai it's not a ceiling. Yeah. It's, I mean, not a ceiling. It's, a, it's a floor. You, ha- yeah. you have to have killed at least as many. And then the other picture I posted is him politely and delicately hugging Hillary Clinton at some, you know, monsters who run the world summit. Yeah. I don't, that's a, that picture is a challenge in hatred for me. Like, <laughs> this is, you know, they have like, you know, vignettes or portraits. Of it's like a laugh. If you, you laugh, you lose. Yeah. Or it's like you hate, you Yeah, lose. I just, it's just, it's sickening for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons why I think it's most relevant in its being sickening is, who is he trying to kid that his philosophy hasn't absolutely been the foreign policy of the United States this entire time? Like, Hillary Clinton and her husband Bill when he was president, and Obama and the Bushes, all of these motherfuckers were using Kissinger as foreign policy. Every single one of them was doing insane American imperialist real politic exactly like he wanted. So why the fuck is he saying we didn't do it right? They did what he wanted. Yeah, he he would have done it better because he's just smarter at the wheels. Like, what the fuck is he saying? We got to read this at some point. He would have gone far- farther. Like, we have all these nuclear weapons in our arsenal. He would have used one on the country yeah. of, of Afghanistan. Is what I kind of legitimately feel like he's holding himself back from. Like that that is the the undercurrent is that because like he keeps bringing up the 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 pairing of political goals and military goals. But in every context, it's that we were misguided to focus too much on political goals and not go far enough in military goals. Uh, yeah. And like considering how far we went and how, as we talked about in like the drone strike episode, how comfortable we are with extrajudicial killings, often of innocent people, what's the next step? It's, it's like expand that tenfold, a hundredfold. Yeah, I... And and obviously, obviously, we all understand the main point of this is just for him to feel good about himself and feel superior. But that doesn't make it any less uh, absurd in, in in the minutia either. Do you think he's just upset that we didn't kill as many Afghanis as he killed Vietnamese and like Laotians and shit? Like, does he feel like we didn't take it seriously because the death toll wasn't as high? I think that's probably. I don't like. I don't know because that's almost what it felt like reading the article. Yeah, I think that probably is a metric that he considers. Without any kind of mockery or sarcasm, I think, yeah. I don't. I don't even think he does consider it. I don't think he thinks of these events as having as just outcomes. I don't think he thinks those. I don't think he considers like human lives as part of the equation. For him, it's like moving chess piece. It's it's like it's it's not real. He's in an office looking at a computer screen. Like it's never been intellectual challenge. 
correct. It's in a, it's a totally intellectual pursuit. It's it's just what I was saying. It's it's like chess grandmasters at chess, moving chess boards and having pawns die to kill other pawns. Like it's just I don't know. It's like fiction. It's like Tetris. But he can't he can't intellectualize the what how it works at the ground level. The the actual real life cost. He's never been able to because he's always been in an ivory tower writing memos. It's never clicked for him. He's he's either been in an ivory tower writing memos or he's been at a gala or some summit meeting world leaders shaking their hands. This has never been real for him. I, I like that even even after he's 98. Like this is the time when most people are writing like their I'm sorry I fucked everything up. Right, this is when Rockefeller is donating like billions to undo the damage he's done. Time to do like 11th hour Christian style shit. I mean, I understand his Jewish, but it's the idea. Like, time to do 11th hour shit to try to save what is left of my tattered soul and morality uh, and, and try to make any kind of amends for the horrific evil that I participated in in my life. No, he's writing articles with quotes like, we must recognize that no dramatic strategic move is available in the immediate future to offset the self-inflicted setback of withdrawing from Afghanistan. Once again, he's just like, we should have done C6. Like, if this is just, I would have done a different chess move. We, we, the fact that we're not maintaining an endless war of aggression in a foreign country, which has basically no relationship to terrorism anyway at this point, except that within themselves, um, we'll never recover. Yeah, well, we could never recover from that. One of the consequences that he, he outlines, he outlines three, but one of them is the confusion among observers, it will sow. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, I think it goes to what you were saying, Jason, as the consequences are just meaningless. They're just words. It's like this abstract idea of power and influence, and I guess confusion among observers. It really is, is parody. Par- I, I have stumbled onto a deep, dark side of the Uh-oh. internet. I have stumbled onto like Kissinger oh, God, fan last pick. No, no. No. No, come on. No, no, no. Apparently, like the comic book, everyone loves Kissinger because he's showing up in comic books because so many comic books take place in like the post World War II like era. This insane, like this man's an American hero. I, I, I don't know. I almost feel like we need we need to read uh, Christopher Hitchens' The Trial of Henry Kissinger or like do a, some kind of deep dive on just this man himself. Because, I mean, imagine if, like, Morgoth was getting, like, puff pieces written about. Like, these, this is... Yeah, we're, we're, we're entering, like, Ben... One of the worst humans ben Garrison in human history. He's, he's in, like, the top ten FBI Most Wanted of, like, worst humans to ever exist. He's up there with, like, King Leopold and Hitler. This is a subtle point, but do you notice that in the image of him as Superman emerging, he's coming out of what is basically either, like... Mecca or the Sinai Peninsula, yeah. like as if his efforts in in the fucking Israeli conflicts were any more ethical than anything else he was involved in. I don't know. That just struck me as particularly absurd, uh, as if he's viewed as a hero by fucking anyone there who isn't Israel. <laughs> yeah. So, so for those who aren't sure what we're talking about, if you just look up the like anything that Henry Kissinger's ever done, it's pretty much all been monstrous. There's, there's very little that was not horrifically unethical. I mean, he, you know, this whole premise, the whole thing you always want to push was this idea of real politic, which is essentially everyone is brutally self-interested, and if you're not brutally self-interested, you're a dupe idiot. So 
he was trying to act, he was trying to play out Game of Thrones. Yeah, but like for the if real Littlefinger life. was lived to ninety nine or whatever, you know, and 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 was sort of better educated. That's that's all. That's all if Game of Thrones was written by Ayn Rand instead of George R. R. Yeah. Martin, where Littlefinger is the fucking protagonist, mm -hmm. that's Henry Kissinger's legacy. Yeah, and he's not he's not apparently not even apologetic about it. Doesn't care at all. He, he wished he could have done more evil. No, he just says bad game. G, you know, mad goes bad at the end. Yeah. That's how he ends the the match. Um, God, what a fucking scumbag! But it is it is very funny to me that after getting everything he ever wanted, uh, and and basically his, his the way he did foreign policy having been the norm even up till now, it's still not good enough for him. <laughs> Somehow, never good enough for him. It, this this is this is worse than the people who think like. If only Stalin had done X, Y, or Z, then the Soviet Union wouldn't have had totalitarian aspects or oppression. It's like the, the amount to which they apologize for international war crimes and like American Empire, as if like, well, it would have been perfectly good if only we tweaked these tiny little knobs here and there is so laughable. <laughs> but, you know, he's got to believe it. Otherwise, his life was a sham. <laughs> right. Can't not believe it. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and to briefly, uh, to touch on something you mentioned earlier, in, in 2019, Kissinger wrote about the increasing tendency to give control of nuclear weapons to computers operating with artificial intelligence, saying it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the computers would end us so fast, and they'd be right. He's saying it would create a strategic advantage for the country that had an AI doing it. Stratego. That's, that's Did real. Did he like Terminator? He really, he actually said that. Holy I doubt this man can even operate a modern computer. Yeah. Wow. He's like calling in his nephew and grandson to help with email. Yeah, and like he's like, all right, how do I send oh an email? God. All right, how do I launch a nuke from this thing? They could do that these days, right? Mm -hmm. Wild, wild. That is absolutely great. I mean, there's nothing, no, nothing this man can can can't do to keep impressing uh -huh. us with insanity. That's why we love him. He's the he's the he's the gift that keeps on giving. Really, America's grandpa. Well, I think considering how long that went and the technical issues that have been plaguing this episode, we're going to call it this time, folks. Um, discuss Paul Patrol. Yeah, we, we'll have to discuss some insane <laughs> bullshit that we had planned that we didn't have time for later. Mm -hmm. um, but you can look forward to knowing next week that we'll have a much more ridiculous and even more inane article to discuss than anything Henry Kissinger ever wiped his ass with and emailed out. Um. On that note, On that. see you next time. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy what we do here at the Non-Essential Workers Podcast and you want to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash non-essential workers podcast or by clicking the link below. For five bucks, you get access to the Patreon feed and twice twice as many total episodes how many more i'll say it one more time for the back twice <laughs> anyways thanks and see you next time <laughs>